one constant through all the years, Ray. Beyond the game. Beyond the game. Beyond the game. Oh, I hurt that so much. The most well-known, the best-looking, the best-dressed. Yeah, we're not quite as good as what we think we are. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. You like that? You like that? That's the dumbest thing I could think of. You guys are so young and stupid. No idea who you're talking about. Quiet, numbskulls, I'm broadcasting. We would be honored if you would join us. Welcome to Beyond the Game. Glad to have you along as we mix faith and sports, highlighting the stories and the people of faith from within the sports world. I'm Rick Benson, joined this week by Darren Metzger and the producer of this auditory masterpiece, Zach Barletta. <laughs> Beyond the Game is brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions, townandcountrysolutions.com. You can call them at 585-426-5024, Town & Country Pest Solutions. Fearing nothing but God. And if you're not listening right now, I'll leave you a second to let that soak in. If you're not <laughs> listening right now, you can get the podcast for later. You can get it at iTunes or at our website, btgprogram.com. At our website, you can also find out more about me, more about the guys, as well as listen to previous programs, interviews, and segments. That's btgprogram.com. And of course, you can follow us on Twitter and other social media platforms at BTG Program. I don't imagine you would get much argument if you said this may have been the most difficult season ever for NFL officials. I'm not sure all the criticism is their fault, but as I've said before, the rules themselves have become impossibly difficult to interpret. But certainly some of what happened this year is on them. Mm -hmm. For instance, allowing Joey Porter to be on the field and antagonize the Cincinnati Bengals during their playoff game is is inexplicable. Mm -hmm. And then there's this little matter of forgetting the balls at their hotel room. What? This past weekend, they forgot the stinking <laughs> footballs prior to the Chiefs. Definitely on them. Yeah, prior to the Chiefs-Patriots game last weekend, and of course it's the Patriots. Wait. The Massachusetts State Police ended up having to go to the hotel, get the footballs, and deliver them, and they got them there about an hour or so before kickoff, bringing not only the balls, these were the kicking balls, but also the gauges used to measure air pressure in those balls. <laughs> Reportedly, a hotel employee retrieved the equipment, was escorted by the state police to Gillette Stadium to get them back into the hands of the NFL because the officials forgot them at the hotel room. That'd be pretty sweet to be that employee, though. Getting an escort to the game with the game balls? That's cool. That's that, pretty sketchy. That game, by the way, was actually just two days shy of the one-year anniversary of that AFC championship game between the Patriots and the Colts, from which Deflate Gate, of course, was birthed. Why do they call everything Gate? Memory lapse Gate? Forget Gate? Left the balls in the hotel room Gate? <laughs> if you've ever wondered how championships equate to the value of professional sports franchises, they don't. Forbes magazine this week estimated that the New York Knickerbockers are valued at $3 billion. (laughs) That puts the Knicks at the top of the list of NBA franchises in terms of overall worth. Makes no sense. And fourth in all of U.S. sports franchises, trailing the Dallas Cowboys, the New York Yankees, and the New England Patriots. The Knicks have won two championships, two championships (laughs) in their history, and none since the early 70s. 
They won in 70 and they won in 73. It's been 43 years. This is why TV deals, this is why stadium deals are such a big deal to teams. The Lakers, who last year knocked off the Knicks for one year as the NBA's most valuable franchises, actually this year, this year they are the most profitable franchise, thanks in part to its $3.5 billion cable TV deal. $3.5 billion. Why did the Rams just put the screws to their fans in St. Louis and take off for L.A.? Because of the stadium yep. deal. Mm-hmm. Stan Kroenke has a plan, and the stadium is gorgeous. If you've seen the sketches of it, it's mm-hmm. beautiful. It is going to make money, and there was no way, no way the NFL was not going to follow through on that. Oh, yeah. Of course the Rams were going to move. The St. Louis fans supported them, albeit St. Louis was a little late to the table in agreeing to come to to build them a new stadium or to chip in as part of building them a new stadium. But the fans supported the Rams. But the stadium itself was garbage in terms of making money for ownership. It's why the Chargers are looking elsewhere and may even end up joining the Rams, despite filling their stadium to something like 94, 95% capacity over the course of this past season. Mm -hmm. The fans supported the team, but it's not about the fans. I feel badly for St. Louis football fans. I'm going to feel badly for San Diego football fans, but that's the way it is. It's it's about profits. It's about profit potential. It's a business. Yeah, it is. It's about the profit for the ownership group. I feel bad for Los Angeles fans because they're getting Jeff Fisher and Nick Foles. <laughs> <laughs> they're not getting good football. <laughs> do you think that James Dolan and the Knicks, do you think they really care if the team wins? Obviously not. They haven't won in 40-some years. They haven't. They, they haven't won consistently in... Well, forever, <laughs> forever. I'm sure they'd like to. I mean, that's not, a, I'm sure they'd like to win. But Players would, at least. It's just not their top priority. And you want to know just how profitable the NBA is? 13, 13 NBA teams are valued at more than $1 billion. Isn't like the least valued one still like $600 million or something like that? Two years ago, there were only three such teams valued that high. Wow. And in, in just two years, now there's, there's 10 additional ones. And only one team did not turn a profit last year, the Brooklyn Nets. How's that possible? I've said it before, growing up so close to New York City, New York is a basketball town. The Yankees will always be the Yankees. But if they went 40-plus years without a title, I don't know that they would hold the value the way the Knicks have. That is a basketball-crazy town. New York City loves its basketball, and then when the Knicks are competitive— they move the needle like no other team can. Mm-hmm. Consider the jersey sales of Kristaps Porzingis. He's, a, he's accomplished nothing. He's having a really solid year, but it's not any type of record-setting rookie season. He's having a really good year. He's not a runaway rookie of the year candidate. And while the Knicks are hovering around 500 and currently on the outside looking in for the playoffs, he's fourth in the league in jersey sales. Fourth behind... Curry, Kobe, and LeBron. That's pretty good company. It's impressive. Yeah. New York is a basketball town, and the Knicks are the fourth highest valued franchise in all of American sports. We mentioned the Patriots early in an attempt to keep Patriot fans out of Mile High Stadium this Sunday. The Denver Broncos are reported to be restricting ticket sales to only those... (laughs) with a billing address in the Rocky Mountain region. (laughs) If you do not reside in Colorado, Montana, Nebraska, Utah, Wyoming, or one of the states the Broncos deem as P 
Patriot fan free, then you need to come up with some type of deceptive plan. You got to come <laughs> up with a way to undermine their clearly discriminatory ticket sales policy. Seriously, though? I mean, is that even legal? Are you kidding me? You mean to tell me we live in a society where a farmer cannot discern who he will or who he will not rent his privately owned barn to for wedding receptions? Privately owned? Bakers can't discern what events they will or will not bake cakes for through their privately owned business based on their beliefs and values. But the Denver Broncos, though, they can determine who they will or will not sell tickets to. They can say, we're not selling tickets to people who root for a particular football team. One of the teams who happen to be competing in that stadium, they don't live in an approved, acceptable zip code, so they're unworthy of being given access to the stadium. That's crazy. I know the the idea behind it. You want to fill the stadium with home fans. I get it. But you can't discriminate like that. What about you guys are Buffalo Bills fans? Unfortunately. If you got a job that required you to live in Denver and you wanted to go see your team, the Bills were going to play in an AFC championship game in Denver and you wanted to see your team. Well, I guess you'd be able yeah, to. Yeah, I can. I live in Denver. You'd be living in Denver. So the New England Patriots, they want to get a couple of guys together, fans of the Patriots. They want to get some guys together, go to the game. Can't do it. That's because their the right. Broncos have discriminatory policies. You can't make this stuff up. Coming up later on the program, Pastor Travis Hearn will be stopping by. He's a pastor of Impact Church in Scottsdale, Arizona. He's also the team chaplain for the Phoenix Suns and author of the book Game Changer and the soon-to-be-released book, Your Butt's Too Big. Plus, we have our Pest of the Week. Heard that before. I think we'll be able to fit in a round of shenanigans. Darren's got an unreasonable rant, and Zach has some useless information. This week, I'm Beyond the Game. Have you been hearing some strange noises up in the attic or in other parts of your house? Well, it's that time of year again. Mice, squirrels, and other critters are making their way into your homes to escape the cold weather. Call Town & Country Pest Solutions today and they will take care of the problem. They'll do it quickly, professionally, and affordably. Town & Country is also equipped to handle bed bug problems. Early detection is key, so if you suspect a potential problem, call Town & Country Pest Solutions today at 426-5024. That's 426-5024. Town & Country's initial treatment success rate and their guarantee are well above industry average. And when an emergency rodent or animal control situation finds you, Town & Country is ready to handle whatever pest problem you may have. Remember, Town & Country fears nothing but God. So call Town & Country Pest Solutions today at 426-5024 or visit them online at townandcountrysolutions.com. Let's face it, sometimes life hurts, and it can be especially painful for young people. But thankfully, God heals. Hope Church in Greece is offering a 12-week program called Life Hurts, God Heals. This program is intended to help students who are dealing with painful struggles due to such things as divorce, depression, addiction, eating disorders, abuse, self-injury, and more. Hundreds of students from the ages of 12 to 24 have been given the tools to help overcome life's difficulties through this program and many lives have been changed. Life Hurts, God Heals is offered on Sundays from 1.30 until 3.30 p.m. and is free of charge. Hope Church is located at 1301 Vintage Lane in Greece. For more information, please visit the church's website, sharethehope.org, or call the church's office at 585-723-4673. 
That's 585-723-4673. And ask for Jill. Welcome back to Beyond the Game. Kind of a tough week. Week, 10 days, two weeks, whatever it's been. Lost some terrific musicians, some terrific actors. David Bowie passing away. Um, of course, we just came in with Glenn Fry of the Eagles passing away. Grizzly Adams, Dan Haggerty passed away. Alan Rickman passed away. That was there, a big one for me. Yeah, there were several others, but um, people that I grew up with, you know, and enjoyed it. And it was always a big Eagles fan. I, I really liked David Bowie. It was very, There was very few people more creative. But Glenn Fry did a uh, work with Vince Gully. He's a bit of a baseball fan. In fact, I tracked down the clip, and Zach, if you'd go ahead and play that, what you're going to hear is him talking about how he would like to be a baseball announcer. This is Glenn Fry, the Eagles. And then what you'll hear is the great Vince Scully. Love Vince Scully. Because he's in, yeah. Oh, is there anybody better? Not at all. Nope. No, I, just the best. And he's talking about he's going to be working with Glenn Fry for, I don't know, sometimes they bring these guys in for an inning. But Glenn Fry then does, uh, this clip has him doing a home run call of Pedro Guerrero's. Go, why don't you just go ahead and play the clip? I would love to be a baseball announcer. Sit there in the booth and call the game every day. I've, uh, I, I take my wife to sporting events, and I'm always sort of doing the commentary for her, you know, and trying to say, well, here's what happened on this play, and this is why this guy's doing that, and watch this. He's going to throw him a crummy pitch because he's got two strikes on him and all that stuff. My wife finally said to me, you know, well, you just ought to go, you ought to do this then. You know, why, you know, why just me? <laughs> well, the first thing to do with Glenn is to make sure he's relaxed. And if he is relaxed so that... He can enjoy the luxury of silence, let the crowd roar. Uh, don't be afraid to, not to be speaking. That'll be the first thing. If he gets over that, I think he'll be all right. Well, here we go, Ben. Well, you have Sachs and Duncan and Landro. No score, bottom of the third inning. Let's see what happens. Guerrero's just been tearing the cover off the ball. How many home runs this month? Well, he has 15 home runs, and he has 11 since they moved him from third base to center field. The wind up in the pitch. Oh, it's gone. Is it gone? It's back. It's back. Cruz at the warning track. He can't get it. It's gone. A two-run homer for Pedro Guerrero. And it's a two-nothing Dodger lead. That was that was actually pretty good. I, I actually like that. You actually heard him go from fan. He's, oh, it's gone. Is it gone? And then he realized, wait, I'm calling the game right now. And then he turned into announcer, and it was actually pretty good. Yeah, it, it was really he can't get it. That that was a great call. Yeah, but, well done. Yeah, and no wonder he's a lead singer and of a great band and, well, the late, great Glenn Fry. Anyway, this seems like a good time to play shenanigans. Zach is going to throw out a couple of statements, and each of us will either agree with that statement or call shenanigans on it. And, by the way, you can play along. Let us know what you think. Tweet at us at BTG Program and use the hashtag shenanigans. Zach, go ahead with uh, give us one of your statements. The 49ers hiring of head coach Chip Kelly will save Colin Kaepernick's career. Shenanigans. We saw how good Kelly was for Sam Bradford, Nick Foles, Mark Sanchez. <laughs> I, I just think if if Kaepernick is going to succeed, I think he needs a fresh start, and I think he needs a change of scenery. This is true in my in my opinion. He 
This is the first quarterback since Mariota that he had in college that's mobile and, and similar to his playing style. That's how Chip likes to play. I think this is going to be good for Kaepernick. I call shenanigans. Um, I agree with what Darren said about him being a better fit for the offense, but I think you still have to actually be a good quarterback, and I'm not convinced that he is. St. Louis Cardinals general manager John Moziliak said recently that momentum is growing towards adopting the DH in the National League. This is a smart move that's long overdue. Love it. I, I agree. Um, you can't implement it right away, obviously, because of the way NL teams have constructed their teams, but I think this is way long overdue. It will make baseball better, protect the pitchers. I love it. I love it, too. Uh, I think it will make the game more entertaining. Uh, it'll keep pitchers healthier. I really don't think there's a downside to it. I, I know traditionally they haven't had it, but some traditions are outdated and crappy, so I like it. You said in your statement that this is a, stu- is a smart move that's long overdue. Agreed. I think it's probably the smart move, and players will certainly say it's long overdue, and nobody likes watching the pitchers hit. No. It's it's just disturbing at Aside times. from maybe Bartolo Colon. <laughs> I like <laughs> watching him run the yeah. bases. That said, I don't like it. You can mark me down as a traditionalist who doesn't want the change. I, I, I like the strategy, but maybe I just need a little time to get used to it. And by the way, uh, Rob Manfred said you might see this by 2017, but we'll see. I hope so. Finally, turn to page 394. Professor Severus Snape was Alan Rickman's greatest role. Why don't you start us off, Zach? I'm going to say yes, maybe just because I grew up watching along with the Harry Potter movies, but Snape was the best character by far, I think, in those movies, so I'm going to go with yes. Yeah, I agree. Uh, basically everything was Zach just said. I'm going to say shenanigans. I, I liked him in Die Hard as Hans Gruber. In fact, as good as he was as Severus Snape, I, I actually have him ranked behind Sheriff Nottingham in Kevin Costner's Robin Hood, I think, was, that was, a, good was role. a great oh, yeah, role. That's good. So I think Snape was maybe his third best, Hans Gruber being his first, and um, Sheriff of Nottingham. But he's a terrific actor. Absolutely. Underrated role, I think a lot of people have forgotten about, Marvin the Android in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Did you yeah, see that? I did see that, but I don't, I don't recall his role. Brain the size oh, of a planet. Oh, you're right, you're right, you're right. Yeah. And you know what he was good in? And, you know, it's just kind of a goofy movie. It was Galaxy Quest with Tim Allen yeah. and uh, Sigourney Weaver. I, I didn't hate that movie. No. It wasn't so bad. I laughed. I chuckled a couple of times. <laughs> I was entertained. We're going to do a new segment. We're going to introduce a new segment to the program. It's called Twitter's Fear, Good, Bad, and Ugly. <laughs> Darren's going to read a tweet that he has found on Twitter, and it could be just awesome because it was so good, or it could just be awesome because it's just so dumb. And we all know Twitter, so the likelihood of it being awesome because it's just so dumb is probably pretty high. Yeah. <laughs> the first one is from at Joe Panessi. He says, dang, seems like everyone having a birthday this year. <laughs> yeah, bro. Everyone is. He also he also said the Cavs are going to go seventy four and nine. That is not possible. That's eighty three games. At its mayhem tweeted, how epic would it be if it was Brady versus Manning for the final time in Super Bowl fifty? That also isn't possible. No, no, it's not. <laughs> 
And finally, at Real Skip Bayless, the moron from ESPN, on September 16th, 2011 at 3.26 p.m., he forever cemented his dumbness by tweeting, For the next 10 years, give me Josh Freeman over Cam. More accurate, period. Clutch Gene, period. 25 TDs, <laughs> 6 interceptions last year. Really like Cam. Love Josh in big games. Again, that was the real Skip Bayless saying that, just so everyone knows. Fast forward to this year when I think Josh Freeman was on four different teams. Don't you think Skip Bayless just says things to be an antagonist? Oh, absolutely. You oh, know, yeah. it, you know, people no doubt. are looking for that, and, and it gets people talking, and I, he can't be that insensible. If his career depended on him being a good journalist, he would be homeless. <laughs> He would be homeless. Beyond the Game is brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. Stick with us. We'll be right back after these few words. The new self-titled album from the Derringers is now available on iTunes and Spotify. With haunting lyrics which reveal the passion behind each song, Their harmonies and acoustic styling blend together superbly for a unique sound that feels like home. Download the Derringers today. The five-song EP is just $4.95 and available now on iTunes and Spotify. McAfee's Remodeling is a full-service remodeling company, locally owned and operated for nearly two decades. McAfee's team of professionals can help remodel or replace your windows, and for exterior and interior remodels, no one beats their personal and professional service. Call McAfee's Remodeling at 585-402-1070. That's 585-402-1070. Or visit them online at McAfeeRemodeling.com. We're joined now by Travis Hearn. Travis is a pastor of Impact Church in Scottsdale, Arizona. He's also the team chaplain for the Phoenix Suns and author of the book, Game Changer. Welcome to the program, Pastor. So glad you could join us. Oh, thank you. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me. As I mentioned, you do work with the Phoenix Suns as a team chaplain. How often do you get to share with the team, and what does a chaplain's role consist of in ministering to players in the NBA? Yeah, you know, um, chapel is pretty cool. Uh, all all NBA teams have, have chapel service, and... Um, NFL, Major League Baseball, um, most most professional sports, they have a chaplain and they have a chapel service. And every team and every uh, business does it a little bit differently, every organization. But for the NBA, uh, they typically do a chapel service for 20 minutes or so before every game. So when I do chapel with the Suns, you know, if they have a visiting team, whoever, whoever they're playing, uh, we'll, we'll do them together. So both teams are invited and, uh, we do it 60 minutes before tip off. And quite often, to answer the question, um, every game when the Suns are on the road, the other team's chaplain, uh, will do the chapel services for them. But, um, you do chapel all the time. And then obviously just the relationship and, and being a, a pastor and a, and a shepherd and a leader to these guys, you, uh, you end up, you know, being, uh, in their lives pretty much daily. The daily schedule is obviously very different. The daily routine for a professional basketball player or any professional athlete, for that matter, very different from most folks. In what ways do you see them being able to live out their lives for Christ in spite of that difficult schedule? You know, I, I think that 
the schedule is just like anything. Every you know, all of us have schedules, and and everybody adjusts whether it's a, a basketball player, a baseball player, whether it's a physician or you know a, a lawyer or whomever it might be. I think you know you just you just adjust. And, and for most most of these guys, baseball, football, basketball, they don't really know any different. They come out of school and that's their life. And so um, I think it's a little more difficult on those guys that are married and, and maybe have kids or family. Uh, it's a little more difficult to, to make sure you have a balance of family life. Uh, but as for living out their life's crisis income, it extends a great opportunity for guys to uh, live out loud wherever they might go. And so whether it be acts of service or whether it be uh, signing an autograph and putting a little scripture on it or, you know, just daily routine stuff, whether it's in the arena, in the locker room with the security guards or, or whomever they're around, uh, where there's people, there's opportunity for ministering and, and, and living a life for Christ. Talking about living their lives for Christ, you had the great privilege of leading Josh Childress to Christ. You've also been blessed to be able to baptize several NBA players. These are pretty big dudes, Pastor. You ever worry about not being able to get them back out of the tub? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they are pretty good, pretty big dudes. Um, yeah, you know, the great thing is, is God doesn't really, you know, he, he doesn't really care who you are as far as status or, you know, prestige or popularity or, or anything like that. I mean, he, he loves us all the same and his power penetrates the, the youngest, the oldest, the shortest, the tallest. And so, you know, God has, has done something just, uh, super cool in Josh Silvers and, and he's still just a champion for the Lord and, and lives his life on fire for, for Christ and, and, um, and yeah, you know, usually those big tall guys, the seven footers, you're gonna have to have somebody else in the uh, in the water with you to give you a hand. <laughs> We're talking with Travis Hearn here on Beyond the Game program. Travis is pastor of Impact Church in Arizona. He's also the team chaplain for the Phoenix Suns and author of the book Game Changer. God has blessed Impact Church with some fairly impressive growth numbers, having grown out of a home Bible study of former Arizona Cardinals football player Andre Wadsworth, who is a pastor on staff with you. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. As I understand it, though, prior to Impact, you were involved in another church plant that grew to over 5,000 in less than 10 years. Of course, I know there's the Word of God, but what else have people identified with in your ministries that have allowed those ministries to flourish in the way that they have? You know, I, I think that um, I've got a great team at our previous church. We had a great team, just phenomenal people that we all depend on one another. and just a deep passion for Christ and a deep passion for people. And um, I have great mentors in my life. And, you know, that, that's a great question, uh, Rick. That's a great question because, you know, many churches are not necessarily growing. Um, some, unfortunately, are, are dwindling, and, and we see churches closing their doors. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't know what makes church grow numerically or not numerically, having been a part of two of them. You know, there are things that, that we've done, like you said, of course, the Bible and of course, the, you know, prayer. You hope every church is doing that and we, we are. Um, I think there's some practical things that just like any great business, your product is a big deal in today's day and age. And, and of course, it's Jesus Christ. And so, um, you know, for us, we're, we're, we're intentional about designing it to where it's a God-sized party every weekend with you know, fun music and uh, just biblical teaching and, and powerful prayer and, and kid programs that, that 
really meet them where they are. And, you know, we're not doing anything different. Um, you know, we happen to be a church where we're seeing a lot of people come to Christ. And maybe that's because, we, you know, we, we do present the gospel in, in just a, a, a short, simple form. You know, we, we do lots of advertising with TV show and you know, lots of direct mailers and billboards. And I think, you know, you can have a great product, but if you never promote it, and I think, you know, Jesus is worth promoting. So we promote, you know, they say that they say the number one reason people will try a church is because of their friends. And the number one reason people stay at the church is their friends. So, you know, it's just, it's a good community and it's people connecting to people and, and doing life together. Now, the church and, and even your staff is a very diverse group of ethnic backgrounds. How have your people remained unified and avoided the distractions and issues that divide so many along racial boundaries? Um, you know, we have great, uh, we have great staff. We're a multi-ethnic church, multi-ethnic staff. Um, we we are a staff that you use a great word is unified, um, and we stand we stand together for the cause of unity and diversity and equality and um, and that's who we are. And so you know the, the people that are on our staff that's their heartbeat as well as it is uh, my heartbeat. And so um, I have a multi ethnic family, you know, diverse family, uh, being that. You know, I'm Caucasian, and my wife is Hispanic, and uh, and we have three children. Two two are biological. One is, you know, we we were in the delivery room, but we adopted her the day she was born, and she's African American. It's it's something I wish more churches would be intentional about, and I know many are. Billy Graham once said the most segregated day of the week is Sunday. Martin Luther King said the most segregated hour of the week is 11 a.m. on Sunday. And, and those guys, of course, were friends and, and worked together. And, and, you know, I just think that for us, it might be a little unique in the sense that we, we are able to uh, stand together and uh, really stand in the face of, of maybe what is tension um, around the, the nation and even outside of the nation, you know, but... Um, for us, it's just we we believe we believe in it. We believe in it enough that we're willing to live our lives for it. So much so, if we had to, we we would die for it. The church has been able to minister to a number of professional athletes over time, and I know they tend to be very guarded. They tend to be wary of letting new people into their lives. Is there something that Impact Church is doing, or what God is doing through Impact Church that puts them at ease and allows them to feel comfortable being part of the church community there? Uh, you know, I think part of it for us is that we are in the arenas, we're in the stadiums, you know, with, with me being the pastor to the, the NBA and, and I've been a baseball, major league baseball chaplain for a decade with Andre Wadsworth, my executive pastor, was a, you know, former NFL player. Um, our women's leader, her husband, you know, he's a baseball coach for the San Francisco Giants. Um, we are a part of that community, so it's not like they're coming outside of their community into a, ch- a church to try to trust that church. Um, we're already in that community. We are that community, so I think that helps. We come from where they come from. We're, we're coming from the same location. It is a small community. The NBA is, you know, approximately 400 players that they all know each other. They all, it's one big family and the families know each other. And, you know, to, to answer your question, I think it, it really boils down to it's kind of, it's kind of just who we are. 
Your book, Game Changer, is available at Amazon and other retailers. Your next book, Your Butt's Too Big, and that's with one T, will be available soon. Can you share a little about the book and when it will be released? Yeah, actually, um, it just released, and so it is available on Amazon and Barnes and & Noble and, you know, the different retail stores. It, um, Your Butt's Too Big is, and it's really kind of a, a fun title, but it's a book about living out God's dream for your life without excuse, no ifs, ands, or buts. You know, so, so many people, uh, I've learned throughout 20 years of ministry that people typically have a, a dream that maybe they've never lived out. They, they've always wanted to do whatever, or they've always wanted to become whatever. And there's so many excuses that have, have prevented us or stopped us in our tracks. And so, uh, with your butts too big, I took the top 10 reasons that I've heard people make excuses for. And we just kind of go through chapter by chapter and, and, and debunk the notion that those are actually legitimate, you know, dream killing excuses. And so, when we talk about fear in chapter one, a lot of people, that's, that's a huge one. You know, I would, but I'm afraid. Uh, I would, but I'm, I'm sick. I'm ill. I would, but I'm in pain. I would, but I don't have enough money. I don't have enough time, but I'm a failure, but my past. And, uh, you know, and, and the reality is, is that we all have them. We all have excuses. We all have fears. We all have worries. Uh, and, and God is, is, is greater. God is greater than all that. And so, you know, that's kind of the heartbeat behind that. But that, that book is available, uh, online now. And, and as you mentioned, Game Changer is as well. And Game Changer is simply a book uh, about, you know, my life and how God has been the ultimate game changer. And it's a book of trial through Christ needs to triumph. You know, it's a book of my, my mother never had a father. And then her, her mom, when she was, when my mom was 13, her mom was murdered. And so, you know, this little girl that, that, that has no parents and, and 13 years old moved to Arizona from Southern California. And then at 16, she's pregnant with me. And so that's kind of the way the book starts out. But the, the underlying current through the whole book is that the fact that nothing is too big for God, nothing is too difficult for God. You know, God is the God of the impossible. He's, you know, in Ephesians 3.20, God, he's able to do uh, exceedingly abundantly more than we could ask or imagine. And so uh, I appreciate you asking, but yeah, both those, both those are available. Once again, we're talking with Travis Hearn here on Beyond the Game pastor of Impact Church and Arizona team chaplain for the Phoenix Suns, and you can get his books, Game Changer and Your Butt's Too Big. Both are available on Amazon, among other places. Your salvation story, Pastor, involves overcoming some major obstacles and struggles. Can you share a little bit with us how you became a believer in Christ? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, the grace of God is is so good, and the mercies of God will, will follow us anywhere and everywhere. And um, uh, when I was 17, I, I became a Christian at the end of my senior year in high school. And, uh, you know, I went uh, went from uh, through my high school years just, just not really knowing anything about Christ and, and drifting and living for myself and, you know, partying and drinking and smoking, whatever you wanted to, you know, wherever you could find a smoke and kind of being that typical high school kid. And, 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 and one day, uh, after our basketball season was over, my, my coach gave me a ride uh, to the uh, Arizona All-Star uh, all these selections, uh, I dropped him, or, or I gave him a ride, rather, I dropped him off, and he came out an hour later, and that's where all the coaches of Arizona get together, and they vote on the top players, and so he, he'd come out and said, congratulations, you made first team all Arizona, and, and I said, great, and he said, yeah, he said, you want to go celebrate? 
and this was his first year coaching us, and, and I just looked at him like, well, you know, what? And I said, well, what did you have in mind? And he said, well, you know, I've got a friend who lives down the road, and uh, and I'm buying tonight all the alcohol you can drink. This guy was in his mid-40s. Uh, he was a teacher at school. And like I said, first year, first time coaching, and just just not a great man. And um, at 17 and not saved, I thought that was a great idea. So uh, so we went and and drank the night away, and then I, ha- I had an hour drive home, and about a half hour still from my house, uh, I got pulled over by a police officer, and uh, thank God because I had all four tires in a you know opposing lane in incoming traffic. Anyway, they, he arrested me, gave me a cited me with the DUI, took me to jail, and that night my mom came to pick me up and took me back to where we live and uh, invited me to go to the pastor's house, her pastor. And my mom had become really fired up for Christ a few years before that. And um, that night I gave my life to Christ. And it was a Saturday night going into Sunday morning. We got to his house about 12 at night. I left about 4 a.m. and just just surrendered and just cried and surrendered and cried and surrendered. And, um, and yeah, so since that day, uh, just been pursuing Christ and uh, trying to daily lay it down for him day by day. Pastor, how can we pray for you? You know, uh, just uh, you guys could continue to pray for Impact Church. That would be great. That God just continues his favor and his blessing and that we, uh, we continue to make an impact for him. Well, I want to thank you for coming on the program and talking with us today and really for all that you do for the cause of Christ. Thank you so much, Rick. We've been talking with Travis Hearn here on the Beyond the Game program. He's the pastor of Impact Church in Scottsdale, Arizona. He's also team chaplain for the Phoenix Suns and an author. You can get his books, Game Changer or Your Butt's Too Big. Both are available on Amazon and other retailers. Stick with us. we got more coming up after the break. You're listening to Beyond the Game, brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. Hey, let me ask you, are you still seeing those pesky stink bugs around your home? Though the weather has been a little milder than normal, if you're still seeing them, it may mean that they found a home with you. Listen, call Town & Country Pest Solutions today, and they will take care of the problem. And they'll do it quickly, professionally, and affordably. Seeing too many spiders around the house? Call Town & Country. Other creepy, crawly things move in out of the weather? Call Town & Country. Larger noises coming from the attic, walls, or basement? Call Town & Country Pest Solutions today at 426-5024. That's 426-5024. And when an emergency rodent or animal control situation finds you, Town & Country is ready to handle whatever pest problem you may have. Remember, Town & Country fears nothing but God. Call Town & Country Pest Solutions at 426-5024 or visit them online at townandcountrysolutions.com. Let's face it, sometimes life hurts, and it can be especially painful for young people. But thankfully, God heals. Hope Church in Greece is offering a 12-week program called Life Hurts, God Heals. This program is intended to help students who are dealing with painful struggles due to such things as divorce, depression, addiction, eating disorders, abuse, self-injury, and more. Hundreds of students from the ages of 12 to 24 have been given the tools to help overcome life's difficulties through this program and many lives have been changed. 
Life Hurts, God Heals is offered on Sundays from 1.30 until 3.30 p.m. and is free of charge. Hope Church is located at 1301 Vintage Lane in Greece. For more information, please visit the church's website, sharethehope.org, or call the church's office at 585-723-4673. That's 585-723-4673. And ask for Jill. Beyond the Game rolls on. Thanks for being a part of this morning's show. BTGprogram.com or at BTGprogram if you want to follow us on social media. One of the things about social media is you can't always tell when somebody's being serious. That's something that's been said about me over the years. Folks, even when they know me, sometimes my sense of humor is so dry that they can't tell if I'm being serious or, or if I'm making a joke. That's gotten me in trouble a number of times over the years. You might remember Brian Scalabrini. Of course, if you're up in Boston, you definitely remember him. You know him currently. He does. He's an analyst for one of the stations up there covering the Boston Celtics. Enjoyed a nice basketball career. Played at USC. Played for the Nets, the Celtics, the Bulls. I think he played a year overseas. Played 10, 11, 12 years, something like that. Had a nice career. Brian Scalabrini says that Kobe Bryant will not be remembered as one of the league, uh, one of the league's top ten players of all time, saying that he will he'll be remembered as somewhere between fifteen and twenty five. He says the reason is Shaquille O'Neal. That if you took a guy like Allen Iverson and put him with Shaq, then he too would be in the conversation for best of all time. I can't tell if the guy's being serious. That is a ridiculous statement. To say Kobe Bryant is not one of the best players of all time, not the top 10, that in fact he's going to be 15 to 20, there are not 14 better basketball players all time. In fact, Kobe is arguably right now the best basketball player of all time. I know old school guys want to bring up Wilt Chamberlain. If you're in Michigan, you might be a Magic Johnson guy, and, and okay. But I think it really comes down, the best of all time comes down to two players. It comes down to Kobe Bryant or Michael Jordan. I give the edge to Jordan. Kobe has five NBA championships. Only three of them were with Shaq. Jordan has six, winning three-peats two times. I never saw a basketball player, I never saw an athlete who could will his team to victory, who had that undefined whatever it is to will a team to victory like Michael Jordan. He won a national championship at North Carolina. Of course, Kobe didn't play college ball. But Kobe's got to be, in my book, he's number two. For Brian Scalabrini to say he's not even in the top ten, now I know he's a he's a guy that, is on record saying Shaq is underrated, and maybe he is, but he's not the reason that Kobe is so great. Now, he added to it, no doubt about it. They were a great combo in L.A., won three championships together. But you can't take out Allen Iverson and put him with Shaq and think that he's going to be Kobe Bryant. That is completely dismissing what Kobe Bryant has done. In fact, I would say that Kobe was less riding Shaq's coattails 
than Shaq was riding Kobe's coattails. And I don't think that's completely true. They Together, they were a dynamic partnership. I just can't tell if Brian Scalabrini is being serious or if he's not. 15 to 25? There are 14 basketball players. That, I'd, I'd like to hear him name who those who those players are. Sticking with basketball, Utah and BYU have played each other in college basketball every year since 1909. They only missed one year. In all that time, one year. And that was due to World War II. But apparently that's going to change starting next year. Utah has informed BYU they no longer want to continue the series. This stems from an incident during a game earlier this year in which BYU player Nick Emery threw a punch at a Utah player and was ejected from the game. The Fighting Mormons. I've been around sports, been around church-run sports for many years. It's what I do. I'm familiar with it. I know the competition gets amped up, especially in basketball. Obviously, football is a contact sport, but so is basketball. Man, away from the ball, there is so much pushing, uh, trying to get position. Elbows are flying. I can't tell you how many times I've seen shorter guys wanting to go after big guys only because they're at elbow level. Uh, yeah, I know that sometimes they throw an elbow, but sometimes it's just part of the game. It's a tough game. It's a physical game. It troubles me, though, when I see an athlete who represents Christ or a Christian school and they get in fights or they get in trouble with the law. The first thing, the very first thing I hear people who are looking for an excuse to not go to church or to not give their lives to Christ, the first thing they say is, are these, and these are supposed to be Christians? It's just like if they see you as a believer cussing, having alcohol. Whenever you slip up, man, they're right there to magnify that. And you call yourself a Christian. You're just looking for that excuse and you're giving it to them. In this case, you got, you got BYU in Utah, the Mormon state. And a BYU player throws a punch at a Utah player. I know it happens. I get it. But the damage you do when you get in a fight or you get in trouble with the law, when you're supposed to be representing the name of Christ, there was an example earlier this year at Texas Christian University, TCU. You might remember quarterback Trayvon Boykin was suspended for their Alamo Bowl game against Oregon after he was charged with assault of a public servant in connection with a fight outside a San Antonio bar. Not only is Boykin arguably their best player, perhaps their most important player, playing the most important position, but you're representing a Christian university. I, I have no idea if Boykin is a believer or not, and of course I know it's not a prerequisite to be a believer to attend the school. I'm sure there's many who are not, and that's fine. But the third of the Ten Commandments is not to take the name of the Lord in vain. And if you represent poorly anything, anything which represents the name of Christ, I believe you violate this commandment. If you play for a Christian school, I think you should keep that in mind. I've seen it in Christian high schools. I'm not saying these guys are supposed to be perfect. These gals are supposed to be perfect. But one of the commandments is that we not take the name of the Lord in vain. And when you call yourself a Christian and go out and get in a fight, 
you're damaging the name of Christ. Exodus 20 verse 7 says, Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. And just because you may not be a believer yourself, that does not clear you of guilt in that matter. But getting back to the Utah-BYU situation, I think it's it's a terrible thing. This is a shame to walk away of for something that's been a tradition for over a hundred years. How many things do you know that has been has a history of a hundred years or more? Probably not too many. In Utah's defense, they're calling it a cooling off period. They're just putting the rivalry on hold and will will revisit resuming the rivalry at some point. In a statement released by the university, they said that the level of emotions in the games have escalated to the point where there is potential for serious injury. Does this sound like an excuse to you? I mean, it just stinks of they're looking for a reason, much like those non-believers in Christ who point to Christians who get in fights or Christians who consume alcohol or or mistakenly get drunk or, or fall into sin for one reason or another. Just the same way that they look at you and say, oh, you're supposed to be a Christian. I want no part of it. They're looking for an excuse. This sounds like Utah looking for an excuse to get out of this rivalry game. Escalating to the point where there's potential for serious injury? Come on. How does, you mean to tell me that rivalry is bigger than Duke, North Carolina? How do they do it? They play twice a year. You know what I think it is? It's a lack of leadership or a lack of accountability to wanting to be the leader that you should be. Sometimes being a leader isn't always simple. It's not as easy as just carrying a clipboard, making some strategies. You have to handle some things you may not want to handle. You may need to set an example. Listen, admittedly, I am the king of cutting off my own nose in spite of my face. That's why I can see this so clearly. I'm always on guard for it in my own life. I know I do that. But in so many corners of our culture today, people would rather walk away from something than ra- rather than deal with it. Man, as a coach, you have an obligation to keep your players under control. You saw that in the Bengals-Steelers game. The Bengals were out of control. Now, I get it. Joey Porter went on the field for the Steelers. He had no business being there. The referees did a terrible job controlling that situation but it still comes down to the accountability is still on the Bengals, and they lost control, and as a result, lost that game. That game comes down to them, and Marvin Lewis should be held accountable. Obviously, I don't know all the ins and outs of this situation. I don't know how it was handled by the schools. Maybe they talked it through, but based on BYU's statement that they disagree with Utah's decision, it would seem likely that Utah just made an announcement of their own intentions and left BYU to deal with it. I think this situation with Utah and BYU is a shame. It is a great rivalry. And I I can't imagine that Mike Krzyzewski, that Roy Williams, they're going to have their players under control. And if this Utah coach is not able to do that, then Utah ought to think about changing his coach, not canceling a rivalry. That means a lot to fans out there. Remember, God never promised to shield you from difficulties. He only promises to be with you through them. Being angry and blaming God won't help, and neither does ignoring a problem or a conflict. Seeking God and asking Him to be with you as you deal with that difficult situation or handle that tough situation is a much better alternative. 
Know that God will never give us more than we can handle. What we get through in his strength will always serve to make us stronger. I'm Rick Benson. You're listening to Beyond the Game. I hope you'll stick with us. We'll be right back after the break. Beyond the Game is brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. The new self-titled album from the Derringers is now available on iTunes and Spotify. With haunting lyrics which reveal the passion behind each song, their harmonies and acoustic styling blend together superbly for a unique sound that feels like home. Download the Derringers today. The five-song EP is just $4.95 and available now on iTunes and Spotify. McAfee's Remodeling is a full-service remodeling company, locally owned and operated for nearly two decades. McAfee's team of professionals can help remodel or replace your windows, and for exterior and interior remodels, no one beats their personal and professional service. Call McAfee's Remodeling at 585-402-1070. That's 585-402-1070. Or visit them online at McAfeeRemodeling.com. You have a lot of useless information in your head. It's as useless as the Winter Olympics. You are useless, Ignacio. It's about as useless as a screen door on a submarine. Found some useless information for you guys this week. Chris Davis, you I'm sure are aware, he signed with the Orioles, and he signed a unique deal that's going to pay him until like 2032. And I found out there's a few other players that are retired, but that are still being paid for several years. The most famous is Bobby Bonilla, who's being paid, of course, by the Mets and Orioles till 2035. That's nuts. But did you know, Manny Ramirez is still being paid until 2026. Nice. Jim Edmonds until 2019. Your boy Ken Griffey Jr. till 2024. Brett Saberhagen, former Royals pitcher, till the end of the next decade. Todd Helton till 2023. Derek Jeter, although the exact number of years has not been released. And Bernard Gilkey. Not just from his appearance in Men in Black, but also by the Diamondbacks until 2017. Wow. Brett Saberhagen was on that list. How long has he been out of baseball? Got to be at least a decade, right? How long has Bobby Bonilla been out of baseball? That's a good point. Yeah, he's been out. Wow. 2035. (laughs) Well, speaking of useless, here's Darren with his unreasonable rant. Now, the moment we've all been waiting for. Tom Brady wears Uggs. I have no knowledge of anything. I have no explanation for what happened. The highlight of the show. I'm not going to let our fans down. The reason people tune in week after week. Said no one ever. Darren's unreasonable rant. Forbes has been a respected source for financial information for a long time, but all good things must come to an end as they just valued the New York 43-year championship drought Knicks at $3 billion. That's about $2.99 billion more than I and the seven of you listening combined will ever have. Let that sink in. 
Forbes is trying to tell me that a team with just two NBA championships coming in the early 70s is worth more than every other NBA franchise. In fact, three teams, the Lakers, Spurs, and Heat, have won five, five, and three championships respectively since the Knicks lost their last one in 99. Side note, the Knicks are two and six in finals appearances with one of those series losses handed to them by the Rochester Royals in 1951. What up? The last time the Knicks won the championship, the now 73-year-old Willis Reed was the series MVP. Dude was drafted in 64. He swished and dished, bounded and astounded, shaked and baked alongside Walt Clyde Frazier in his ridiculous suit jackets. That is how long it's been since the Knicks won, but Forbes is trying to tell me that they're worth more than the Lakers, Spurs, or Celtics? I'll never have $3 billion to spend, but if I did, I'd buy $3 billion McDoubles before I buy a franchise that's been perpetually losing since the 1950s. They're slamming, they're jamming. <laughs> Title sponsor of Beyond the Game program is Town and Country Pest Solutions. Townandcountrysolutions.com, fearing nothing but God. My pest this week is none other than the New York Yankees. First off, on Wednesday, Yankees owner Hal Steinbrenner said, newly acquired Aroldis Chapman is innocent until proven otherwise. Chapman was facing charges and possible discipline for Major League Baseball for an alleged domestic violence incident. His girlfriend had said that he pushed her, put his hands around her neck, choked her during an argument. Chapman admitted there was an argument, but that it was he who was pushed down by the girl's brother. He also admitted that he eventually got a handgun and fired eight shots into a wall and window while locked in his garage. On Thursday, it was announced the charges were dropped as authorities would not proceed because conflicting accounts and insufficient evidence made a conviction unlikely. The guy's firing handguns into the wall. This is a little unstable here, but I've chosen the Yankees and not Major League Baseball because that's not all that stinks. Steinbrenner also said that the Yankees will honor rival Red Sox slugger David Ortiz this season in his final trip to Yankee Stadium in September. While I admit he's been a great player, He's not the same agreeable, likable, classy, free of suspicion player that Derek Jeter or Mariano Rivera were. He allegedly failed a PED test. Now, I get it. That was during a time they were supposed to be anonymous. But these farewell tours are are out of hand, don't you think? I mean, I fully support the Red Sox doing something special for their own guy. But Ortiz is not the type of player who deserves a farewell tour. Those should be reserved for... The very rare player who is admired wherever they go, like Jeter, like Rivera, and especially not at Yankee Stadium. Get your nose out of the derriere of the cow in front of you and quit following the crowd, Mr. Steinbrenner. It's not a good look for the winningest franchise in all of sports. The New York Yankees are my pest of the week. My pest of the week is Elaine Vigneault and Jeff Gordon of the New York Rangers. They just signed washed-up veteran Danny Paye, who had just been released by his AHL team. Vigneault said his fourth line and penalty kill have been struggling. The reason they've been struggling is he continues to play Tanner Glass and Dan Girardi, who are dead weight. If he would get his favorite guys out of the lineup, the problem would be solved. Mine is at Disc Golf Hero. That's uh, Zach Barletta's Twitter handle. He tweeted, The problem with social media slash the internet is that for every one unit of useful info, there are 10,000 units of unfathomable awfulness. Man, this is the pot calling the kettle black because 99% of this dude's tweets are unfathomable awfulness. They just clog up my feed. You're killing me, Smalls. Thanks for listening to Beyond the Game. Beyond the Game is brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. TownAndCountrySolutions.com. Call them at 585-426-5024 and tell them Benson sent you.